Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with my guests on the Goodyear Hotline. And boy, it'll never sound better than it'll sound this week. If it feels to you like there's a little extra energy in my voice, I will tell you there is, and here is why. Because all I've ever wanted to be in my whole life was a sports announcer. And this week, in what we are calling Legendary Voices Week, we have five of the greatest ever to do it. It'll start today with Vern Lundquist in the second hour of our show. And then as the week goes on, Al Michaels, Bob Costas, Doc Emmerich, and Jim Nance will join this party. We couldn't be more excited. Going to be special. The gang is all here. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, and the only one place I want to start today is with the National Basketball Association and some very interesting stuff. Now, I'm going to get to all the football. Darlington is going to join me here. If you're watching Get Up this morning or you've just been generally paying attention, you are aware that the quarterback carousel is as good right now as it has literally ever been. We got Russell Wilson on it. We got Dak Prescott on it. We got Deshaun Watson on it. And that is just this week. Those are all things you should expect to see happen this week. So we'll be all over that. But there's a place I want to begin. And I'll make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I watched that game Saturday night between the Nets and the Mavericks. And the Mavs have had a ridiculous season this year. They've had all kinds of players were playing, then they weren't playing. Chris Tapps Porzingis is never healthy. There's been a lot of stuff. And so their record is very mediocre. And as a consequence of that, people aren't paying attention to the fact that Luka Doncic, somewhat quietly, is having as good a year as any player in the sport. He has become the best player in the sport. He turned 22 years old yesterday, and he caught the eye of, among others, James Harden Saturday night after a big performance. Listen to James. He never lets anyone speeds him up, and he gets what he wants. That's rare at a, for a guy you know, at a young age, I think he's, what, 21 years old, to be able to dictate the game and control the game like he does. So obviously we all know he has a very, very bright future. The Mavs got a special one. Since those words were spoken, Luca turned 22. Yesterday was his birthday. He's 22 years old. The very first monologue I did when I came back on the radio in August of this year was I said, Luka Doncic has become the answer to the question. If you're starting a team from scratch today and you could draft any player number one, he's the guy you take. At that point, I felt like the debate was between him and Giannis. I think that the debate has broadened since then. There are a lot of other names that are worthy of being in it. But let me just make 100% clear with you just how special Luka is. If you were to look at LeBron James' numbers on the day he turned 22 and Luka's numbers the day he turns 22, bear in mind LeBron came into the league at 18. Luka averages more rebounds per game, more assists per game, and only one fewer point per game than the King. Luka is the next one. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. And so that seemed like the perfect way to get this week started with today's green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. Yeah, everybody can argue about it all they want. But on this program, we put our name to it. We make the tough decisions. Who are the top five players in order? You would start a franchise with right now if you could choose anyone in the world. And obviously their age is a huge factor in that. Number five. Five is Giannis. In my opinion, Giannis is five. He's only 26 years old. He's a back-to-back MVP. And there's absolutely nothing about him not to love. 
He doesn't do a lot of the things, however, that you do to win in the NBA today. He doesn't shoot the three, and he isn't someone who can create his own offense late in close games. And that has been their downfall in the playoffs back-to-back years. Giannis is an extraordinary player, and I love him. And we had that dunk yesterday to win that game against the Clippers, albeit on a ridiculous walk. But that's neither here nor there. That little dance of celebration he did, I love it. I love his enthusiasm. I love everything about Giannis. But at the end of the day, there are four players I would choose ahead of him who are that kind of young to start a team with. Because at the end of the day, can you carry a team to a championship? That's your only goal. I need to see it from Giannis. Number four. Four is Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, and I'm not yoking around, is the least appreciated great player in the sport, largely because of where he plays. And that meaning Denver. He's 26 years old. He has eight triple doubles this season. He has 49 in his career. That's only three behind James Harden. James Harden is a triple-double machine. Nikola Jokic has only three fewer. He's a center. In the playoffs, he averages 25 points, 11 rebounds, and seven assists. He is a spectacular talent. He does absolutely everything. He can shoot it from deep. He can initiate offense. He's as good a passing big man as the sport has seen in forever. Nikola Jokic gets less attention per pound for pound of greatness than any player in the sport. And he is number four. Number three. This is where it got tough. (laughs) Separating between these three was really hard to do. I'm going Jason Tatum at three. He's 22 years old. He'll be 23 in March. The last two years, he's averaged 24 points, seven boards, four assists, shoots 52% from the floor. In the playoffs, he averages 21 points. He has led his team to the conference final a couple of years ago. That great run when he really sort of, that was his coming out party, that run they made that ended in a seven-game loss against LeBron a few years ago when Kyrie wasn't healthy. Back in Boston, that was when you started paying attention. We were paying attention to Jason Tatum when he single-handedly carried Duke to the tournament a few years ago. Tatum is a superstar. He's a future MVP. If you wanted to put him at one in this argument, you wouldn't get a huge fight out of me. But for me, he's three. Number two. Two is Zion. Zion is a fascinating character. Zion, when he wasn't playing, got more attention than any player in the sport. And now that he is playing, he gets less attention. We paid a lot more attention to Zion when he wasn't playing than we do when he is. Zion is great. He's everything they said he was going to be. He's 20 years old. He's averaging over 25 points and shooting 60% from the floor. The only two players in history to do that were for a season were Charles Barkley and Kevin McHale. He's that good. That good. And he's 20. He's 20. So, of course, the big questions about Zion are health. Can he stay healthy? Right now, he's doing it. Is he going to have a 15-year career? Can't answer that now. But if you're going to judge these guys based on how good they are, Zion is two. I put him two. Number one. And Luka is one. He turned 22 yesterday. Luka, again, one of two players in history with 4,000 points and 1,000 assists before turning 22. The other is LeBron James. He averages more rebounds and more assists per game and only one fewer point per game than LeBron did when he turned 22 years old. That is how good Luka Doncic is. And so that is my list of players I would start a team with right now. Five through one, Giannis at five, Jokic at four, Tatum at three, Zion at two, and Luka at one. The names that we have on the side here, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Bam Adebayo, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, Trey Young, and so many others. 
These were the names, and now it is time for you. I want to hear from you. On this program, you have a voice. I want your feedback. Have at me. Have at me if you wish. You disagree with my list? I want to hear why. You tell me who I left off. You tell me who should be number one. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls and then to the quarterback carousel. Coming up next, we're just getting rolling. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Remember, we stream every single day for you on ESPN+. And your calls are coming up in just a moment here. I gave you my green list, the top five players I would start an NBA team with right now, based, of course, largely on their age. There's no LeBrons, Kawhis, or KDs on this list. And I'll run through those, and then we're coming to your phone calls on those in exactly 30 seconds. I'll spend those 30 seconds reminding you about ZipRecruiter. The best teams start with great talent, but finding the right people can be a challenge. When it comes to hiring, ZipRecruiter can help you find the right candidates for your team fast. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 top job sites. ZipRecruiter is so effective, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. It's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. So again, today we opened the show with the Green List, and I gave you my top five players I would start an NBA team with right now if I owned one. At five, Giannis. At four, Nikola Jokic. At three, Jason Tatum. At two, Zion. And at number one, Luka Doncic, who turned 22 years old yesterday. And I wanted to throw up in the phones here and give you a chance to react however you will. We'll do What's on Your Mind, brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Feel free to have at me. Bubba, who's our first caller? Yeah, we're going to start in New York City and talk to Mark. All right, Mark. Will you have an issue with my list? Uh, first of all, I'm a big fan, and yes, number one, hands down, is LeBron. His track record is impeccable. He's a bigger, stronger, faster Luka. So even five years down the road, if he loses half his athletic ability, he's still a stronger, faster, better Luka. See, that's a fascinating call, Mark, because at any other time in history – that would be a ridiculous take. It would be a ludicrous take to say you would start a team with a 36-year-old player would be ludicrous. I wouldn't even entertain it. I would yell at Bubba for putting you on the air. But we have reached a place now where age is so different. Look, LeBron James says it. He spends a million dollars a year on his body and keeping himself in shape. 
Could LeBron still be? He, he could be the MVP of the league this year. Right now, he's probably the best player in the sport. Could he still be that five years from now? Is that possible? I mean, everything about my knowledge of sports, of our life spent following and covering sports, says no chance. But I would have said there's no chance Tom Brady could do what he did at 43 either. So it, it's an interesting take, Mark, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the call. I like it. I'm not going to update my list, but I fully understand it. And let's bookmark that and see where he winds up. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Joey D. All right, Joey D., what's up with the list? What's going on, Greeny? I, I like the list. I just feel that you're missing one one big man that needs a little bit of respect on that list, and that man is Joel Embiid for the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid, is there's no one like him. He clogs the lane. He averages more than 25 points a game. He shoots 50% from the field for his career. He averages over 12 rebounds a game. Not only does he draw double teams at left and right of everyone in the, in, in the, in the NBA, you just surround him with, with average shooters. There's nobody that can, that can guard him, rebound against him, or even stop him near the lane. Plus, who's, he's a big man that can shoot. He shoots the three. The game has transferred into the three-point percentage, and I believe Joel Embiid has got to be on that list. Chris. Yeah, he's shooting 41% from three this year. Listen, it's an excellent call. And for what it's worth, when I asked this to Kendrick Perkins on Get Up this morning, Perk took Joel Embiid. Here's my only concern, and I agree with you. I love Embiid, and I picked him to be MVP of the league a couple of years ago, and then he was always hurt. And my fear with him remains the concern about injury. When a player has a back, a back always scares you, always scares you, especially someone as big as he is. Now, he's lost weight. He has rededicated himself in a way that I think is, is noticeable. I don't know if it's the doc effect or just the, his own maturity or whatever it is. He seems to have become the leader we've all been waiting to see him be. I love Embiid, and I cannot argue with you at all. If, he, if you could promise me he's going to be healthy, for the next six or seven years, then there's no question we would have to have found a place for him on this list. Maybe even close to one. That's an excellent call. I can't argue with it. My only concern would be the injuries. Greeny on ESPN Radio with the green list today and your reaction to it. Bubba, who's next? We got Greg. Greg, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think of the list? Greeny, big fan of your list. Personnel is all there. We have to modify their positions a little bit. Zion has to be number five. I have not seen a playoff push from Zion yet. The others have all proved themselves. They can lead a team, and we know what they can do in the playoffs. Let me know your thoughts. Here's the thing, though. Stay there for, with me, Greg. Zion is 20. I mean, I don't know what you would like to have, for him to have proven to you yet. He was drafted last year on, on, onto a New Orleans team. They played him with a minutes restriction and everything else. He almost helped them get to the playoffs, and he barely played. Now in the first season that he's actually playing, he's a superstar, and no one is talking about it. You're right. I don't know what he can do in the playoffs. But I don't know that he can't do it in the playoffs. You, you tell me what you're worried about, Greg, because we haven't seen great playoff success from anyone on this list. If we are putting our prediction hat on and we are saying that Zion will not get injured, I agree with you. Uh, but I still think he needs to be number five just for what he's done to this point. Yes, regular season right now, his numbers are amazing. This guy is a leader and he will be able to lead that team. And hopefully he gets some attention for what he's doing. But the other folks, uh, Tatum, 
and Jokic and uh, Doncha, we know what they're going to do in the playoffs, and we know that they are the leaders of their team. I'm with you. Let me ask you this question directly. I just made you the owner of a team. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> You're a billionaire. I just made you the owner of the team, and I'm telling you right now, you can start it with either Jokic or Zion. Who are you taking? Uh, see, now you put me in a spot. Um, for the three-pointer and for the assist game, I'm taking Jokic. Okay, fair if, enough. If I'm being honest. I can't argue it. I mean, I mean, thank you for the call. And that's it. And that's what the list is. That's what the list is. And I, br- I chose Zion, but it was close. I mean, I can't argue with you. If you're telling me you, that I should have Jokic higher, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. You're not wrong. There's no wrong. There are no wrong choices on this list. Any team in the sport would be delirious to have Giannis, Jokic, Tatum, Zion, Luka, and again, a bunch of other guys. Uh, we spent a bunch of time on this yesterday uh, with a really good job. Devin uh, was chiming in here on this and, and the whole staff. And here are the names that we considered in addition to the five that we've got. Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Bam Adebayo, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid. Anthony Davis is still only 27. Now, he'll be 28 this month. The problem with Davis is that he's always hurt. He's just a guy who's hurt too much that I can't not worry about it. But we know what he can do in the playoffs. He just led them to a championship last year. Bubba, let's take one more. Who we got? Let's go to Dante. All right, Dante, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me one more take on the list. You just named my guy green. You just said Anthony Davis. You just ruined my whole argument. I well, can't say nothing. Yeah, tell me about him. T- tell me why. Where would you put Davis? If you were starting a team right now, again, Anthony Davis will be 28 in this month. Where on this list would you put Anthony Davis? I would have to put him in the top three. I mean, he's a guy that averages a double-double over his career, shoots over 50%, and he's an NBA champion already. Why would you not start your team with him? I can't fight you. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to because you're right. You're, there's nothing about what you're saying that's wrong. Also, it's a reminder that basketball is played on both ends of the floor, and Anthony Davis is a major difference maker on the defensive end. These have been outstanding calls today, and I appreciate them very much. Let me tell you, take you back very quickly on Anthony Davis. I was hosting Mike and Mike the year that he played in college and he led Kentucky on that run and they won the national championship. And we had Larry Brown on the show during that run. I think it was the day of the championship game. Maybe it was the day after. I don't remember. And I asked Larry Brown, what is Anthony Davis on the next level? Bear in mind, this is a guy who played one year of college basketball. And Larry Brown said to me, Greeny, he's Bill Russell. He can win games for you without scoring. I think he was the third or fourth leading scorer on that Kentucky team that year. And he was the number one pick in the draft. So he's a special player on the defensive end, and that matters in this conversation as well. So, look, I love this topic. I love lists like these. This is exactly why we came up with the green list, and I am delighted for your calls on this and that you're into it, and we'll continue talking about it as we go. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. The Scoop. All right, let's get to the scoop here. We're going to get Jeff Darlington, our NFL insider, in in a moment because we've got a ton of quarterback stuff. Now, the quarterback stuff is just the gift that keeps on giving if you do this job. And the three names who are right in the middle of it right now are Russell Wilson, who, again, I think this is an important distinction to make. Russell Wilson didn't have information leaked about him 
Russell Wilson's agent on the record gave Shefty four teams Russell Wilson would like to play for. That is an important distinction in this conversation. So we have Russell Wilson, we have Dak Prescott, eight days in counting to the franchise tag deadline. And we've got Deshaun Watson, who continues to be in the middle of all of it. And again, here is Jeff Darlington, our NFL insider extraordinaire with the very latest. Jeff, let's start with Russell Wilson. Where are we right now? What are we expecting to happen with Russell going forward here in the next few weeks? So you make a really good distinction there about Russell and and his agent's strategy to not merely leak the information, but to say it on the record. That is a rare instance that not only does he cite, you know, potential displeasure, but also naming teams on the record. That, to me, feels like a shot fired back at the organization, which for the weeks previous um, were, we could say, leaking information. So um, to me, I think the next step is, these two teams, these two sides have to get in a room and they have to go through the equivalent of marriage counseling. And it's funny because we kind of talked about this last offseason, Greeny, when it came to Tom Brady and the Patriots. It was always, okay, Bill and Tom need to sit down and go through some marriage counseling. That never really happened. And we know what the outcome was. Now we got to see if Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are willing to sit down, hammer this out, and try to continue the relationship that they've built over the last decade. So we'll see if they're doing that. And you know this, but I'll point out for the audience, the huge distinction between Brady last year and Russell Wilson now is that Brady was a free agent and Russell Wilson has three years left on his deal. So uh, if he wants out of Seattle, the Seahawks have to cooperate. The possibility we brought up on TV this morning at length was the possibility of Jerry Jones pulling a miracle out of his (laughs) own mishandling of the Dak Prescott situation and finding a way to bring in a player who was both better and cheaper in Russell Wilson, could you see the Cowboys, who are one of the teams on Russell's list, getting actively involved in this and trying to find a way to bring in Russell Wilson? Well, they've got to be fascinated by it. And like you said, you know, it's funny. The other day, I actually was, was sitting there saying, you know, because I kind of heard people start rumbling about it. I'm like, there's no way, though, like that the contract situation would be any better with Russell than what they're going through with Dak. And then you look at it and you're like, wait a second, this is a pretty manageable deal for one of the one of the league's elite quarterbacks. So to me, it would not be look, I, here's the other thing. I, I don't even think at this point it would be an insult, I'm sure you would take it as such, but to Dak Prescott, because look, if they can't reach a deal and and you know, you know where I stand, I've been talking about how they need to pay Dak, uh, as many others have, but if they can't reach that deal, then yeah, the Cowboys have to start saying, all right, what are we going to do instead? And if the opportunity of Russell Wilson is on the table, they at least have to figure out what kind of package it would take to get him to Dallas. Does that mean that it'll happen? Does that mean at the end of the day, they might say, you know what, Dak is our guy. We'd rather pay him. Um, we'll find out. But, but there's no way that Jerry Jones is not doing his due diligence on this uh, Russell Wilson situation. This is one that went crazy over the weekend. And we have the mayor of New Orleans putting together a video uh, trying to entice <laughs> Russell Wilson. Then you have the mayor of Seattle basically threatening to saying, look, we're going to steal your NBA franchise. Don't make me go there. I mean, this thing has taken a turn, Jeff Darlington. Well, you know, it's funny. As soon as Schefter tweeted that out, my immediate reaction, I think I texted him, like, this, this is going to get so much engagement because you're literally naming markets. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, he is literally just instigating sports talk radio in four markets, five, if you include Seattle, that are sitting there saying, no, this is not just a rumor. This is literally the agent on the record. So to your point, 
this creates a frenzy like we haven't seen, honestly, probably since Peyton was a free agent. I mean, even more so than Tom last year, because this is on the record about four teams that Russell Wilson would be willing to play for. That's a fascinating aspect and storyline. It is. And so if you think this isn't real, you're wrong. It's out there. doesn't mean he's going to get traded, but it's real. That's right. Jeff Darlington is with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. The the other one, of course, is Deshaun. We we begin another week here and we wait. Where are we with that? We're no further. I mean, we have two, two sides that are, uh, that are maintaining their, uh, their very strong feelings on this. And, and Watson has made it very clear to Nick Casario that he has no interest in, uh, in staying in Houston. So, so we continue down this road. Now, if Deshaun Watson's agent went ahead and put out a list of the teams that he'd be willing to play for, I think it would make all of us a lot happier so that we could continue to uh, hypothesize. <laughs> but until that point, <laughs> we are left with nothing. What is your best sense? Because that, that one is one there has been speculation about. There has been leaking. There, ha- there hasn't been this official on-the-record comment from the right. agent. But we have heard Denver's name thrown into this. San Francisco, he takes pictures with a bunch of people in Miami. What, what, right. what do, Carolina. What do we yeah. think? Yeah, Carolina feels like. And, and Carolina, you can read some tea leaves. They, they cut a bunch of players to create salary cap space. Teddy right. Bridgewater unfollowed them on social right. media. Like, these are the tea leaves that we're reading. What What... What is our best guess of what will happen with Deshaun if and when Houston decides they do need to do this? So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, generally speaking. And when that Carolina thing happens, like Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty mature guy. Like mm-hmm. when he goes and unfollows the team's social media accounts, that to me triggers that there's some reality there about, about Deshaun Watson. And, and these guys are all playing it pretty close to their vest. Dave Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, though, is not one to hedge. He will do what he wants to do. He will put together – uh, a pretty big package for for Houston to look at. Now, I think Houston is actually playing it smart, uh, which I know is a is not a sentence that has been spoken in months. Um, <laughs> I just I, I think that they are wise to continue to just sort of put their feet in the cement because that's only going to improve the potential offers. And the only way they got out of this salvaging. Uh, anything is if they get just an absolute boatload. That's the only shot they have of their fan base saying, okay, let's move forward without us, you know, just, just totally being bonkers upset about it. So I, I, but, but when we get there uh, at some point, Houston is going to have to at least listen to these offers. Well, one of the things that I think will determine that, and, and Jeff Darlington is with me on ESPN radio. And for those who don't know, you live down there in South Florida. I don't know how high on Tua most people around the NFL are. But if you're high on Tua, then if you're Houston, you get a big package of draft picks from the Dolphins, including the third pick in the draft this year, that you wouldn't have to use on a quarterback if you like Tua enough. So you could get Tua, you could get number three this year, which was your own pick in the first place, and then maybe another couple of picks. And, you know, that's not so bad. It's I I get it. You don't want to trade Deshaun Watson, but that sounds pretty exciting to me if – you are super high on Tua. What do people think of him? Yeah, my instinct, based on the conversations I've had, and this is not, as you know, this time of year, like I'm not trying to suggest this definitive. My instinct is that Miami does want to roll forward with Tua, at least for another year. I think that they believe they put into place a plan um, that was about team building, about you know, coveting draft picks, 
about doing this the right way. And, and I'm not saying that when you dangle Deshaun Watson out there, that that doesn't alter your plans. The sense that I get, though, is that they do want to roll with Tua and, uh, and continue to build picks. Like, you know, they got the third overall pick, to your point. It wouldn't shock me if they traded out of that, for instance, and, and continue to, to get picks, try to put some weapons around Tua, and really find out what they have. And then in a year, if in a year they don't like what they're still seeing there, then they have enough of an arsenal to make a trade. But, but to your point, like, I do understand, you know, when you dangle something like Watson, that will change some plans. And to that point, Houston, on their side of things, if you were to make that package that included Tua, like Tua is still as much as I mean, maybe he's, his stock is down right now. He still is an intriguing player. Uh, who seems to do, have more potential than not at this point. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that to me is, if I'm Houston, that's the most intriguing that's possibility right. based on what I think of Tua. If I, if I don't like Tua, then it's not intriguing. Right. And if right. I do like right. Tua, then it is intriguing. And the Jets have a similar pretty, situation, yeah. Yeah. Jeff, which is, do I like Sam Darnold? And, and you know, if you're Houston, if you like Sam Darnold, you can get an even better, you know, trade back from the Jets, and we'll see if that winds up happening. All right, got to run. Uh, Jeff, thank you cool. very much, as always. We'll be checking in as the week goes on. Your Thanks, sport Green. is nuts. Right, just nuts. The sport is nuts. And the NFL is nuts. It, it, is, it is insane what's going on there now with this quarterback carousel, and I love it. I mean, the talk show host in me, I've always said, I'm in the interesting business. What could be more interesting than what is going on there? Can I tell you very quickly one other thing that I loved this weekend before I get to a bunch of other stuff today? Did you see all the golfers wearing the red shirts yesterday, Brandon? Did you get, everyone see that? Hashtag Bubba with me this morning. Bubba, did you watch any of the golf yesterday? Let me, let me ask you, Bubba, because I know you were a man who at one point was contemplating getting your tour card. Um, did you watch any of the golf yesterday? I did not watch it, but I did see all the tributes. Yeah, there was a bunch Pretty of cool. players wearing the red shirts yesterday and the black pants and just really nice. Uh, Rory McIlroy was wearing a Tony Finau. A whole bunch of these guys. Patrick Reed. Um, a whole bunch of guys were, were wearing red shirts and black pants. Uh, Jason Day we have up on our screen right now. Tiger responded with a really nice tweet about how much it meant to him. And oh, by the way, for those of you who may not follow the sport closely, the World Golf Championship event yesterday was won by a 24-year-old golfer by the name of Colin Morikawa from L.A. who won the PGA last year who was working on his putting, and I'm just here to tell you this. Just remember where you heard this. If that guy, he, ha, he, he thinks he found something new on the greens. If that guy gets it together with his putting, just bear in mind that a year from now, there will be no question Colin Morikawa is the best player in the world. And there are so many great players on tour right now. No one feels ready to emerge in a Tiger-esque way. And, and the, the Tiger... The Tigers of the world come along in that sport every 25 years. So not since Nicholas did we have anything like that, and there's no reason to expect anyone currently on tour is going to be that. But someone has to be the best player in the world, and Colin Morikawa is going to be that. Uh, Coming up on a day that we will have our first legendary sports voice of this series this week, there is a name you should know that you probably don't, but we will change that in a hurry right after this word for some straight talk. Listen, your tax return could look different this year. But you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise on ESPN Radio.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And again, we're starting Legendary Voices Week today with Vern Lundquist in our next hour. He'll be on the Goodyear hotline, and as the week goes on, we will have other legendary sports voices. Just a theme for the week to create some fun conversation for you. We'll have Al Michaels tomorrow, Bob Costas Wednesday, Doc Emmerich Thursday, Jim Nance on Friday. A name that most certainly would have been 100% in... um, in, in the right place with all of those is the name Irv Cross, whom we lost yesterday. And that may not be a name you know. Depending on how old you are, you would have to be my age or older, I think, to know who Irv Cross was because his contribution to sports media as we know it, I think, is largely, largely underappreciated. So Irv Cross went to Northwestern, first of all, and he played both offense and defense for Ara Parsegian at Northwestern. Then he went on, he played in the NFL for about a decade. But I first became aware of him, as did most people in the 70s, when he was on the original NFL Today. Bear in mind, this is before there was such a thing as ESPN, before there was SportsCenter, before there were football highlights or any other kind of highlights available to you whenever you wanted it. You would get a half hour before kickoff at 1 o'clock or 1230 it would start on Sundays on CBS And it was gold. It was the greatest thing you'd ever seen in your life. There's no way to describe how big a deal the NFL today was. And in its own way, it started everything. And the stars of that show were Brent Musburger, Irv Cross was the analyst, Phyllis George, um, and Jimmy the Greek Snyder. And that's who did that show. And Brent Musburger tweeted yesterday on the passing of Irv Cross. Irv was one of the finest gentlemen I've ever been with. We met at Northwestern. He later became my go-to mainstay on the NFL today. No one ever had a bad thing to say about Irv. He led the way for African-Americans to host NFL and other sports shows. Rest in peace, my friend. That show was groundbreaking in so many ways. Phyllis George was a woman on TV talking about sports. I had never seen that before. I don't think it existed. And Irv Cross, as Brent said, and so many others have pointed out, he was the first black man to be on television coast-to-coast talking about sports. And, And so they were pioneers and trailblazers and all of that. And Irv Cross was awesome. 
And when I saw that news yesterday, I hadn't thought of him in years because he really had not stayed a part of the public consciousness. And I didn't even realize that he had gone on to become an athletic, a college athletic director at two different places over the last few years. So he was really in his time and in all times, he, he was at his time a very famous person because that show was a, an extraordinarily big deal. And he was, I think, in the big picture now, largely his contribution to all of this largely underappreciated. So he would have fit very nicely into our mix of, of legendary sports voices because his was certainly that. And so we say rest in peace, Irv Cross, and thank you for everything that you began. Thank you for being a part of something that has become such an important part uh, in the lives of so many people in America, most notably me. So I wanted to make sure that you were aware of that. That is a legendary sports voice and a name that you probably should know, even if you did not. It's not the only thing that I wanted you to know today. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. I also just want you to know that Anna Taylor-Joy and the Queen's Gambit won Golden Globes yesterday. And that was especially meaningful for me. The Queen's Gambit is a show. It was like a limited run series, like an eight-episode show. I think it was actually seven episodes. And Anna Taylor-Joy was the star of it, and it's about chess. And that win last night, or those wins, was especially meaningful for me because I knew what that show was and who she is, and that is decreasingly frequent for me. Generally speaking, all these shows that win awards I've never heard of, or at minimum I've never seen. I don't watch all of the shows everybody else watches. I never saw in my entire life an episode of House of Cards. I never saw Game of Thrones. I've never seen all these shows that everybody loves. And that's, I'm not, it just is what it is. I just don't bother doing it. It just never occurs to me to do it. But I did watch that show. And I thought it was brilliant. I happen to love chess. So that's what got me interested in it. And it is a great show. And I'm very happy that it won. And I'm very happy that she won because I thought she was fantastic in it. And I thought the show was fantastic. And it made me feel good that I've actually heard of and seen one of the shows that was honored in that way. But more increasingly, and more importantly, I'm a big believer in the energy that we put out into the world. And the negativity in the atmosphere in this country right now is so disheartening. It's unlike anything that I can ever recall. We amplify the division so much more than we do the unity in our society. And so I just thought I would tell you about something small that happened in baseball yesterday. Something that happened at spring training. Trey Mancini came back to play in a spring training game yesterday after having missed all of last year when he was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer, fought through that, came back and played yesterday. And as he did, all of the fans who were in attendance, all the players in his dugout and all the players in the other dugout all stood and gave him a standing ovation. And of course, that is to be expected and fully appropriate. But I started thinking about that, and I'd love you to think about it today. People collectively supporting and applauding another person's struggle and triumph and rooting for him rather than against him is something that shouldn't seem unusual, should it? Like, should you have to have battled through a life-threatening illness for people to celebrate your triumph, your success, for people to root for you? We don't do a good job of that. We don't do enough of that. So I understand that it's a small thing, and this one was an obvious one. But let's just remember the energy that we put into the atmosphere when we do things like that and try and take it to the next thing that we do together. 
Vern Lundquist in our next hour. Stay there. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.